Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is Thursday, August 5th, 2022. Yes, I said August 5th, 2022. Just like that. We are grateful to be standing up here tonight, myself and Marlon, to share this word with you. We're humbled and we are excited because we know that this word is birthed out of what's happening in the body right now. This is a product of God's work, and we can't deny it. The stewardship that he's calling us up to, it's because of what he's doing in this body. It's his work. We want to assure you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Okay, because when you hear a word like we heard on on Sunday, it's easy for us to wonder where we're lacking and, and, and why we're lacking. But no, the Lord is telling us, I am stripping you down so I can build you back up the right way. We need to praise God that he's exposing that raw material. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He could have left us there, but he didn't. He's taking us out. He is helping us mature in areas that are necessary for the advancement of his kingdom and the works of this church. Church, I'm proud of you. It's good to be in a church that know how to fight, that know how to stand when a brother is fighting. Fighting alongside your brother. I'm excited to be alongside my brother tonight. But I have a question for you. Are you giving careful talks to the things that this church are doing? I'm not asking careful talks about just thinking about it. Careful talks of actually seeing where can you put these things in practice. Like at the word of Haggai that we received last Sunday. Doing, uh, looking for careful talks to see how I can put this word into practice in my life. What, uh, what area of my life I'm lacking where I can actually put the teachings that, that this church is doing in my life, in my family life? Are you giving careful talks to that? Are you seeing tangible results yes. on those areas? Amen. We also received on Tuesday an amazing word from the book of Esther. A word that calls us to action, to stand, to get our soul pure, and to eliminate anything that comes from the word. That yeah. we maintain our soul pure as a Levites that we are. Amen. Now, church, I also listen to our pastors opening position for officials in this house. Do you hear that? Yeah. Do you hear that call that the church has that we need officials, workers that can do essential work for the kingdom of God? That is the, t- the title of tonight's message, Essential Work. So about two years ago, when COVID kind of kicked off and started doing all the craziness in the world, there was an ordinance that went out about essential workers and what essential work is. And it's not the first time, but it's something that was new to me. I had never heard of an essential worker before. An essential worker is someone who is deemed necessary to help sustain and grow the infrastructure so that in a time of turbulence, whatever the natural or national disaster is, that the work would continue and that the economy would grow, the infrastructure would not crumble. Both Marlon and myself were declared essential workers. We had to actually drive around with uh, letters and something that stated, hey, this is why we're out right now. So for whatever reason you want to stop us, We're essential workers. Saints, what we want to declare tonight is you are essential workers. The work that we've been given is absolutely essential to the world around us. We're going to start tonight 
where all good things start in the Torah, in Exodus 18, verse 17. Say essential work as you turn there. Picking up in verse 17, Moses' father-in-law said, uh, replied, what you are doing is not good. Saints, we interacted with this on Sunday, didn't we? Did, could, did you feel the weight of it? Hey, what you're doing is not good. Have you heard that kind of correction or rebuke before in your life? Is it, does it produce the things that God wants in your life? Okay, so we need to be wanting that more often. We have, we have amazing pastors and elders in this body that will look us in the face and tell us the truth in love. What you are doing is not good. Now, obviously, Moses' practices and what he had been doing wasn't harming the community, right? Okay, He was judging the community. He was hearing their cases, and he was uh, giving them God's word. As they were coming to inquire of the Lord of what must be done, is that a bad thing? No. no. But... What Jethro said to him is, what you are doing is not good. Why? Because it was wearing him and the people out. Look, what we heard on Sunday, it's nothing to be distraught over. This is a gift from God. When he's telling us what you're doing is not good, it's so that we can begin to apply quality assurance and quality control to the work that he's given us. Amen. Let's go to uh, verse 21. It says, moreover, sir, moreover. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a, and hate a bride. Yeah. I place such men, and place such men over the people as chief of thousands, of hundreds, and fifties, and of tens. The issue was that Moses and the people will wear out if they don't find capable men. But actually they did. Yeah. In a community of, uh, of three millions, about three million people, they found able men. And that's what we're looking after today. We're looking for the essential workers that are able men to actually look at the quality of the teachings and put it into practice and see other brothers to put it into practice. That's what we're aiming for. You see, we need to become those able men. That can, that can see the quality control and say, hey, brother, that's how you're doing. That's not good. You will wear yourself out. You need brothers alongside of you. You see, the word, <clears throat> the word of the God here is for man to rise up, to rise up to the calling, to what he's doing in this church. And able man is actually Ishhajil. Ishhajil. Ah. Boom. Ah. And I was German in another life. <laughs> so this means able men, mighty men, or men of va uh, valor. That's it. Men of valor. So these are men who reverence God. Yeah. Whose first priority is God. They put the things in the right priority. Amen. That's the type of men that Moses needs to rise up. Trustworthy men, men of integrity, the faithful men, and men that hate bright, hate, uh, hate the sun's gain, and they are impartial. You see, among, among the community, there were men like this. We can see that in this church. Amen. Men 
that are trustworthy. But there are some in this room that need to rise up to that calling because the positions are opening. Look around you. Look around. Tell me what you see. I see able men. That's what I see. You see, they're essential working in this room. And we are developing into becoming more than that. We are gaining the greater understanding of the flow of shalom and the character that is necessary to produce quality work and will stand in the test of, uh, in the test of opposition. That's the type of man that we're growing in this house. Amen. Yeah, quality assurance and quality control is something that you can see across many different industries. And it's necessary to ensure that the work that's being done is going to produce what it's supposed to. That nothing falls through the cracks. There are able men in this body that are acting in that manner. They're looking around and they're assuring that the quality work is being done because it is essential. And if we let it fall through the cracks, it will happen in the world around us. But when we can have that kind of control where we are producing quality work, that's pleasing to God and that will expand his kingdom. Nehemiah 4.14, y'all turn there in your Bible and say essential work as you turn there. Shout out to Adam Cora. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Look, after Nehemiah looked things over, he stood up. He said, I know what needs to be done. I know the work that's before me, and I know how to get it done. And he started appointing men to that work. When the situation has been assessed and it's been presented, the next step is that men reprioritize. They, they've assessed the work that needs to be done, and they reprioritize to get done the work that God wants done. They seek God's face for instruction on what must be done in his timing according to his plan. Our prioritization of things change when we see things the way that God sees it. Look, Matthew 6.33, we're familiar with this verse, but we need to get more familiar with it. What does it look like to seek the kingdom and righteousness of God every single day? It looks like craving for it, desiring it with everything that you have that you're not going to go on without it. That's what it looks like to produce quality work and have that quality assurance. We can move towards the right direction that God has for us and our families when we have his priorities on our mind. So let's turn to 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 3. Actually, verse 1. I'm sorry. <clears throat> then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood. As well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. All of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God... I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I've provided for this holy temple. 
Look, David demonstrated in his life that he was an able man. He showed that he is trustworthy. He showed that he's a man of integrity, that he loves the things of the Lord, and he wouldn't be bribed away from them. And the Lord blessed that. David gave everything that he had to give for the, for the work of the temple. On top of that, he gave everything out of his personal treasures to keep that work going. David's greatest concern was God's heart. Therefore, he didn't get hung up on, oh, this is my work. This is the desire of my heart to build this temple. No, he raised up a son who was going to do so. When we look around LCM, we see men who are willing to lay down their selfish ambition and say, I will help propel my son to accomplish the work. I'm going to give everything to see that work done. That's what it looks like to reprioritize in your life. David had pure motives. Church, we need to have our hearts inclined to the plans and works of God and not our own. That's what it looks like to reprioritize. David is an excellent example of giving all his resources, all of his plans, all of his ambitions into the Lord's hands, and then propelling the next generation to accomplish the work that he would not partake in, but he absolutely played a part in it. The first verse says that King David said to the whole assembly, when we can reprioritize in our life, we can call others up to that same standard. He called out to the whole assembly and let them know that this is the work that's been assigned for my son, but you're going to join him in it. And you know what? They did. Church, that's what's going out. That's what we get to partake in. That is the privilege that we get to partake in. A word has gone out about the building that's happening in this church, and we get to partake in it. We're all familiar. Uh, David gave all his resources and then gave more by emptying his personal treasures over and above, and so must we. David reprioritized the entire community and assembled them to dedicate themselves to one goal. Church, do you see how this uh, vision was given to David, right? But it was Solomon, the one who need to finish it. Like uh, when you get to this church, the vision of this church was given to you or was given to your pastors? But it's your job to finish it. It is your job to, to make it about. It is your job to teach your children to go after you after that. The same way that the Lord chose David, show it to David, but his son was the one who standed. The same way our pastors are giving the vision of that map to our leaders, but we are the one who's going to take it. Amen. Amen? Amen. Now, let's see how we're going to do this. We're going to have some fun. Let's go to Acts 2, uh, 42 to 47. Yes. Verse 42 say, They devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to pray. Everyone was filled with, uh, was filled with a way that, that many wonders and signs performed by the, the, the apostle. All the believers were together and have everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the, temp, in the temple court. Uh, they broke bread in, in their house and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. 
and the Lord and the Lord added to 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 their numbers daily those who were being saved. I was very encouraging to what Pastor Judah and Pastor Nish are about Indonesia. They actually is giving their all yeah. to the teaching and to the uh, to the teaching and the apostle teaching. Amen. That's a good example that we need to follow, church. Yeah. But let me tell you more about this. This this vision is the vision that the Lord wants for this church that we reprioritize in our resources, in our time, towards the goal of building the kingdom. That's what the church is doing. They sell in possession. They get in rip of everything and focusing in one goal, to build the kingdom. The Lord has chosen this church to become essential worker in the kingdoms, to prepare ourselves for the good work that the Lord has prepared for us in advance to complete. He's calling us for the, to join the corporate calling, the corporate effort that this church has. We need to dedicate ourselves fully to the work. Amen. Because we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain, church. You believe that? Yes. Something, uh, you remember uh, Sunday. We see, the, uh, we see a cruise ship and then we see a battleship, right? Yeah. The Wolverine, you remember that? Do you, do you think how, how it happens that in only three months, they were able to tore that apart, take it to the foundation, build it up, and give it a completely new purpose? How that happened? Let me tell you a story. It actually, it's a true story. It's an American story. <laughs> yes. So this ship was built in 1942. So we know 1941, December 7, 1941 was a Pearl Harbor attack. Then we went to war. But the whole country, the whole economy, chief to war economy. That means that all resources, everything that is available, labor, resources, uh, even even banking, we're doing we're doing uh, efforts towards work. Everybody, the childrens were picking cans in the street to collect aluminum. Women's were giving their dress to make parachutes. Every resources were being using for war effort. Uh, Sambo, we have a picture. So this is four in 1942. Do you see any car in there? No. Four shut down the civilian auto production to start building equipment for war. Sure, we need to stop focusing in our civilian affairs and start focusing on building the kingdom of God. On give everything that we have, everything that, that the Lord has given to us to His purpose. Because we are at word. You need to open your eyes to this church. You need to give everything that the Lord has given you and prioritize in building the kingdom. No, we are to put the fight. We need to start putting the fight. We need to start prioritizing in our family, prioritizing in building our wife, in building our children, so giving weapons of righteousness so we can conquer the, we can conquer the earth. We can be the righteousness of God on this earth. But we need to have the focus, and our pastor is teaching us we need to have, we need to grab it. That's the corporate calling: is that we're moving towards war economy. Amen. We have one focus, we have one goal, and we're going to do it 
and we won't focus on anything else. We will give everything that we have Amen. to reach the kingdom. Church, I want to encourage you that you have given resources. But those resources are for you to give it back. You have resources like merit teachings, resources like parenting training, discipleship training, ministry training. You have word of God daily, in the, uh, uh, a lot weekly on this church. You have to use those resources to build the kingdom, to build your family, to be your brothers alongside you. Amen? Amen. Why are we bringing this up? We heard it on Sunday, right, about the ship being transformed. Look, the resources were already there. It was a matter of a shift in their mind. It was a matter of a shift in their efforts to say, we are going to put everything that we have, what we've already been given, and we're going to prioritize that for the work of the war. Guys, that's what we're doing in this body right now. That is what the Lord is showing us. You already have what you need. Let me strip off the things that are, that are there that don't need to be there. Let me expose what is there and can be utilized for this great work that's happening in this body. Saints, when we move toward that and we commit ourselves toward that, there's a retooling, a retooling that takes effect in our life. This is brought up in how we are applying the resources that we have been entrusted with. So a simple definition of retooling, for those of you who are not familiar, is to adapt or alter someone or something to make them more useful or suitable. Already there, it's about adapting them to make them more suitable, to make them useful for the things of the kingdom. Saying that, we're going to turn to Mark, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, and we're going to read through verse 22. Amen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Church, these were real fishermen, right? This was their profession. I think it's safe to say that they didn't just do this for leisure, and they were good at what they did. Is that safe to say? Okay. That's a kind of a poke to all you leisure fishermen out there. I think, yet, look, they received a call, and not just a call, but a promise. The verse does not say, follow me, and you might become fishers of men. The verse says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus took it personally that I will retool you. I will make you into what you need to be. The definition we shared, retool, stated to adapt or alter someone or something to make them more useful or suitable. Jesus took the core of who these men were. He took it and he retooled them. He stripped off the former use and retooled them to become suitable, useful men that would go and change the world. Is that not what's happened as you've walked into this place? This is the best example. What we read here in Matthew, it's the best example of this pattern. But it's not just something we read. It is something that we walked into when you stepped into LCM. It is a pattern and a way of life that we actually see walked out and lived on a daily basis. We see lives being changed. We see something that is good inside someone and actually the bad things being stripped off so that what is good can actually come out and be useful and suitable for the kingdom. The, res the correct response 
to this kind of call, when someone says, hey, come follow me, I can make you into what you need to be, immediately leave your way of life. That's what these men did. They, didn't, they weren't clung to their profession. They didn't cling to their father who was right there with them. They clung to that calling. You want me to come and follow you? You're going to make me into something more than I already am? Amen. I'm going to come follow you and give you all of my life. Church, when we can commit to that, that leads to ongoing transformation. It's something that will happen in our life so that we can uh, accomplish the essential work that God has apportioned to us. You want to see a life of a mighty man that did just this? Yeah. Let's go to 2 Kings 2, 13 through 14. So we're going to speak about Elisha. So Elisha, he went, when, he found, uh, when Elisha found him, he was uh, uh, taking care of his uh, oxen, right? He had oxen. But what he did to those oxen, he sacrificed them. That was all the provision that he had, all the resources that he got, he gave them. He gave them to the people. But what happened to, to, to Elisha at that moment? He started following Elisha. And he became what he was. And he started doing greater things than he did, that, 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 that Elisha did. So this is uh, verse 13, he said, Elisha then picked up Elisha. Uh, clock, uh, cloak, cloak, forget my English is from uh, England, cloak, <laughs> Elisha's cloak that they have fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the clock and have fallen from Elisha and struck, and struck the water with it. Uh, where now is the Lord? Uh, is the Lord, the God of Elisha, he asked. Then he struck the water. It divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. So you have to realize that when we, you give everything, every resources that you have, you gave it, and then you follow your leaders, you will become, and you will have the tools that they have. Yes, amen. Man, that's my aim, to become what Matthew is. Come on. The Lord... The Lord gave me his skinny legs, right? <laughs> I know I will never get his, his beard because I don't grow any. I will look at handsome at his look, but I want my marriage to look like his. Come on, brother. Come on. I want to lead my wife in the transparency that he has. Amen. I want to be alongside my brothers as dependable as he is. That's the type of man that I want to be. That's the type of resources that the, that, that the Lord will give me when I left everything and start following and asking, show me the way, show me how I do this. And I'm doing this right. Is this the right tool? I need to retool myself. What else can I pour to the kingdom? What resources can I bring so I can be what you are, so I can have what you do? Come on. But not only that, the Lord says that I will be doing greater things than this. Come on, brother. I will be doing more greater things than this. That's the aim that we become what our pastor, our elders are. Yeah. We will be greater. We will have to change our mindset. And change our mindsets is mean that we don't, we don't think too much about the, the civil affairs. I'm a, I'm a banker by trade. That was God's uh, God, uh, job was for me. And that's how I, that's how I bring bread to my family. 
and I manage accounts, and I see that businesses are profitable and that they're doing the best they can do. But by divine appointment, I'm an account, man I'm a, um, account manager of the heavenly teens. The Lord has given me resources. He gave me a wife, kids, and brothers to manage. Oh, that I can see that they're doing their they're getting the best out of them, that they're giving the best return to the kingdom. That the resources that the Lord's giving to us, the Lord resources giving me to, to me, is actually producing the return that they should. So when the Lord asked me, what have you done, my servant? I can tell here are your ten and the tens that you give me. That's what the Lord is doing with us. That's why he's giving us those resources. That's why he's giving us our pastors. That's why he's giving us everything that we need so we can be what God is. See, uh, <clears throat> I'm learning this thing from, from Pastor Matthew. And it's just blessing, blessing, blessing me. It's, it's, I realize that I'm not transparent on my way I, I should be. That I need to, to grow in this area. That I lie. Uh, uh, I like to, to run away so I don't have to deal with the difficulties when I'm transparent with my wife. But then I'm seeing a man in front of me, how he do it, how dare I can do this when I see an example that this can be done in the right way. Yeah. The Lord is giving me this. He's building me. And I'm grateful for it. Amen. Romans 12. Shout out. One to two. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, I, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your truth and, and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his, uh, his, uh, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah. When we start reprioritizing, when we start putting our focus in the right thing, we start seeing what God's will is in our life. We start actually heading to the right direction. Yeah. That's how we become essential workers. Workers that can produce what has been given to them. Officials that are trustworthy. That's, that's how we become that. Is that we forget about the word and we start focusing and giving all our efforts to what, this kingdom, to what the kingdom is, is, is doing. Hey, brother, I'm going to jump in here for a minute. Sure. Because I feel the spirit moving on, uh, on what he's sharing. This ongoing transformation, this retooling that we're talking about, it is something that is vital. It doesn't stop. Why we're saying ongoing, because we can reach a point and we can feel like I've done everything that you said, pastor, I'm putting all this into practice. And in a moment's time, when we're real and we're transparent, the Lord will highlight and show us what still needs to be stripped away and what needs to be reworked to become effective, to hit the mark that he wants us to hit. I walked into Pastor Matt's, shout out to Pastor Matt tonight. I walked into his house before coming over here to church, and I'm beat. I don't know if you could hear it in my voice. I'm tired. I, I feel it physically, and I'm sharing what's going on in my life, and Pastor Matt is smiling at me, a big smile. He's like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, okay, so this is what you need to do here. Oh, hold on. 
picks up the phone, handles something on the phone, is, is pastoring and shepherding his daughter on the phone. I'm listening how he's managing this, managing this. I know what I just poured out before, in front of him. I'm like, I'm drowning. I can barely breathe. I'm forgetting to breathe. And he's, he's boom, 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 knocking these things down. Well, Marlon said, I want my life to look like that. What, what, you can, what you don't see right now is that the more that you do this and, you have, and you're committed to the ongoing transformation through transparency, you will do those things. Amen. The Lord will continue to rework you. He will make you into an effective, essential worker. Saints, I want to testify to that because it's happening real time in my life. I came up to the altar and cried out to the Lord, and he gave me a word, and then Pastor Matt came up and confirmed it. That's how good God is. He's saying, this is for you. I Amen. see what you're doing. I will rework you into what you need to be. Come on, church. We have to put the work. Amen. And we will see the transformation in our families. We will see the transformation in our surroundings. We need to grab, we need to grab uh, the tools that the Lord is giving you. We need to retool ourselves with the things that that church is giving us, the Amen. things that you already have. Grab hold of, help, grab hold of it. You need to die on, on your own ways of how, of how to choose to use the tool that has been given to you. Like, like you said, the, a bigger interest for your wife when, you, when, when, she's, when she's upset at you. Well, you should have used it before so you avoid that moment, right? But you want to use it when it's pleasing to you. When you think, it, when, when you think like, hey, I already messed up everything. Now I will go towards this. No, you actually continue using it so you never get yourself in that place. Man, that's for shot. Yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, after we have done this thing, after we'll have evaluate, uh, recognize the area that we are, after we reprioritize what we need to do, how we turn from the things that we're doing, actually focus on the kingdom, and we're retooling ourselves with the, same, with the right things, then we commit ourselves to rise up. Amen. We need to rise up on these things. Come on, say it again. We need to be mature and complete. The essential work that the Lord have gave us. Amen. Saints, we got to rise up. When we are committed to these things, we have to be fully committed all the way through that we're going to rise up with what God has given us and what he's making us into. Turn to Philippians 3, and we're going to pick up in verse 12. Say essential work as you turn there. Come on, don't die down on me now. I'm giving everything I got. You can hear it in Marlon. He's always giving everything he got. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize uh, for which Christ Jesus has called me heavenward. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will, re will reveal that to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. What a, a spectacular example we have in Paul. And that he will not settle. And everything that he's done and the traditions that have been passed on to him, he, he's not just settling and sitting back on that. He's straining ahead with what he's been given. He is a man who's been retooled. And he's rising up into maturity and calling the church in Philippi up to that same level. The verbs in this passage, they stress, they describe a man who is zealous to press on to maturity. He wants to attain the full 
maturity in Christ. Do you want to attain the full maturity? Yes. Paul was a man committed to the necessary refinement in order to rise up, to strain for, and to press on to maturity. All right, let's go to Acts 13. Acts 13, 22. Say, so after removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, and a man after my own heart. He will do everything. Say everything. Everything. Everything I want him to do. Go, go after man's are after his own heart. Men that will do everything to advance the kingdom and finish the task that is in front of them. We need to be that kind of man. We need to be men that rise up to the calling, to the circumstances, to the occasion, and desire to do the essential work that needs to be done. God has set this church aside for the essential work. Yeah. We have essential work to do, church. Yeah. There are families depending on us. There are life depending on you standing up on the essential work. First in your home. When your wife, when your children's wife, when your brother's among you, there's a essential work for you to do. Yeah. And we need to rise up to that calling. Let's go to our final scripture. Yeah. Genesis 14, 14 through 15. When Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive. He led forth his trained men, born in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. And he divided his forces against them by night, and his, he and his servants, and he defeated them and pursued them to Hobah, north of Damascus. See, Abraham become a official. Yeah. One that is willing to do the will of God, Faith feels step of obedience. Yeah. One after another. That's the type of man that God is rising here. Yeah. Abraham used all his resources, all everything that he had to turn men into capable men. Yeah. Men that are worthy of the calling. Men that can do the task when the occasions arise. Abraham recognized the time and prioritized. He gave tools to the men so they can rise up Amen. for the occasion. The same things we have been given in this church in this church. We need to rise up to the occasion. We need to recognize the time. We need to prioritize on the kingdoms affairs. And we need to retool ourselves when the weapons of righteousness that God has given us. Amen. So we can rise up against the enemy. We can rise up to build our family. We can rise up to have godly. Our godly children, we can rise up to change the world around us. Amen. Abraham make every effort to make sure that God's work is accomplished. How are we doing with that church? Are you making every effort? Are you taking everything that you have so the kingdom can be built? Be faithful when the deposit. That's being entrusted to us. Use everything we have to advance the kingdom. 
We need to advance the kingdom on earth, church. Amen. It's our duty. We know that we will meet eternal. That we will meet eternal and we will do the essential work. Hallelujah. And we will meet opposition doing so. Mm. Amen. Stand on your feet. Church, what we're sharing with you tonight, why we titled it Essential Work and Not Essential Workers, because we're not essential workers if we don't have the essential work. God has entrusted that to us. We can call you essential workers when you fully grab hold of the essential work that's been given to you. Being an essential worker of the kingdom of God is someone who is dependable, who is reliable, and ready to fill the necessary offices to keep the work moving forward. When things are going to hell in a handbasket all around us, we don't stop. Church, this, wor this world needs us. This is why we're calling out to everybody in this room. Essential workers utilize all of their available resources aimed at one goal, God's war effort and kingdom building. Essential workers are easily identifiable because they've been distinguished as those who are loyal and will propagate the goals of the kingdom. When I look around, that's what I see, men who are loyal to the kingdom, men who are going to propagate what God wants them to, not their own propaganda. LCM, you've been assigned essential work. Therefore, you are essential workers set apart as a task force that will assure quality work is being done. By the demonstration of our daily living, we will work to incline the hearts of those around us and, and focus on the goal of kingdom building. Church, grab hold of this. Don't let it slip away tonight. By sharpening our employment of our God-given resources, we are both being transformed and we're transforming the lives put under our care. We see that when we look around LCM, we see a zealous pursuit of maturity by taking faith-filled steps of obedience from our commanding officer. Saints, what started with one man, right, went to one family, Look around. We're not just identifying singular men. We're not just identifying singular families anymore. We're identifying clans. We're identifying tribes in this place. We have the kibbutz. We have Hebron. We have the forge. We have the adulam, the barracks, the single guy's house, the single lady's house. Guys, we are coming and we are growing tighter and tighter together to get this work accomplished. This is the work of the Lord. We need to celebrate it. We need to let, say, yes, Lord, I recognize that there are still things that need to go. Lord, I am going to reprioritize my life according to what your plans are. Lord, retool me. Make me more effective. I want to, I want to hit the mark more and more. Knowing that we have essential work in LCM in the body of Christ, we start with that recognition. Church, it's good. It's good to take assessment. It's good to take stock of your life. It's good to look around and see what the situation is like Nehemiah did. This sets us up to know what to do. The way that we do that is by offering up our heart. It's the motives of our heart. It's not saying, okay, I'm just going to get to work. It's saying, Lord, what is the work? Lord, whatever it is, whatever I have to give, I'm going to give it all, even if I'm not the one doing the work, even if I'm just propelling that next generation to get it done. Look, when we de dedicate ourselves to the one goal, we become a reliable community. Men and women that have been here for a week, two weeks, see it and they love it and they want it. And we're calling you up to that same standard. It's one that we've all been called up to. 
Church, we're rising up. Whether we're in wartime or not, we're always ready and preparing for the war efforts. We are preparing for the advancement of God's kingdom. No amount of turbulent events can hold us back from zealously pursuing maturity in the kingdom. We need to follow all the way through with faith-filled steps of obedience like David, like Abraham, who had 318 men before he even had a son in his home. He was ready to go to war. Romans 12.3 tells us that we need to pour out our lives in accordance to the faith that's been measured to us from the Lord. Saints, wherever your faith is at today, it's given to you by God and he will increase it in this place so that you go all the way through and hit the mark. We have essential work to be done. We love this work that we've been given and we are the essential workers crafted by God to accomplish it, every bit of it. If you feel like you're lacking, the Lord is highlighting it so that you can be stripped back down and built back upright. This is his process. We should love it, not mourn over it or be distraught over it. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for fixing my eyes on what you want me to do. Thank you, Lord, for showing me where I need to be fixed and retooled in my life so that I can rise up and hit the mark. Mighty God, we thank you, Lord, for this great work that you have given us to do. God, we thank you that we can apply what you have given us, Lord, that we are not shorthanded in any way, Lord. God, we have a goal to hit, and we want to do it with everything that we have, Lord, everything that you have given us, mighty God. Lord, would you stir us up in this place that we would hold nothing back, that we would pour out our lives like King David did. Lord, that we would see the generations go into the nations, Lord, that what you are raising up here, you are multiplying over there, that we see your kingdom fill this entire earth in Jesus' name.